0: Shalom, and welcome to Kol On Your Way, a podcast project of Kol a Reformed Jewish community in Bergen County, New Jersey. I'm Rabbi Noah Fabricant. I'm going to try something new for this podcast. This is going to be a solo podcast, just me talking. I had intended for this podcast to include the sermon that I gave at Shabbat services on Friday night. But as sometimes happens after services, I went to check and I had forgotten to turn on the recorder. As you can imagine, that was very frustrating, and it meant that I couldn't send out to you my Thanksgiving thoughts uh, for all of your travel on Thanksgiving weekend, but I did want to share with you what I said on Friday night, what I said about Thanksgiving. I actually, I love preaching on the Shabbats that come along with our national holidays, Thanksgiving Shabbat and Fourth of July Shabbat. I find it always raises interesting... Interesting questions, interesting connections for us. And even though we're now a little bit past Thanksgiving, we're already looking ahead to Hanukkah, Um, you know, there's never, never a bad time to talk about thankfulness and to talk about gratitude. And so I thought I would try to recreate some of the sermon from Friday night and to share with you what I said to the congregation. And I started with this. I started by saying, Jews love Thanksgiving. There's something about Thanksgiving that feels very familiar to us. It could be a Jewish holiday. Thanksgiving is basically one Haggadah away from being a Passover Seder. And if you think about it, it's the the, the family and around the table and the symbolic foods and the special recipes. um, And that feeling of a festival, I think, is very familiar to us from our own Jewish holidays. And that has always been very comfortable for American Jews. It's also been pointed out. Even the menu of Thanksgiving is very friendly to American Jews. If you were a Jew who kept kosher, unless you put dairy in your mashed potatoes, you could do pretty much all of a traditional Thanksgiving dinner um, and make it a meat meal with no dairy uh, if you kept kosher home. Jews have been very excited about Thanksgiving all the way back to the very beginning, even before there was a national Thanksgiving in the first half of the 19th century, when Thanksgiving was an occasional event, usually declared by the governors of different states on separate days. We have sermons rabbis would preach about the wonders of being an American Jew on Thanksgiving. And then, of course, when the first national Thanksgiving was proclaimed by Abraham Lincoln in 1863... It became connected with the Jewish love of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln has always been extremely popular among American Jews. 1863 was a tumultuous year, to say the least. Think the Emancipation Proclamation took effect at the beginning of 1863. You had in the Civil War the battles of Vicksburg and Gettysburg. In fact, in between the proclamation of the first Thanksgiving and when the actual first Thanksgiving was held at the end of November, uh, just a, just about a week before that first Thanksgiving is when President Lincoln delivered the Gettysburg Address, and so you know Thanksgiving is also symbolic of a respite from um, a terrible conflict and, and real uncertainty about the direction of the nation. And I think you know, for this year, for Thanksgiving in particular, we're able to connect to that, that feeling of, of uncertainty and division in our national life. I should also say that Thanksgiving has always been a holiday that has made American Jews feel particularly included and proud and patriotic. So for American Jews, especially in the second half of the 19th century, celebrating Thanksgiving was part of the extreme patriotism. And, and just one example, Rabbi David Philipson, who was the rabbi of Rockdale Temple in Cincinnati, in 1891, he said, Judaism is in perfect harmony with the law of the land, the two agreeing perfectly. Because they can never come into conflict. And just imagine that. Imagine believing that Judaism and Americanness go together so perfectly that they can never, by definition, be in conflict. Rabbi David Philipson was one of the great American patriots in American Judaism. For a little bit of added context, the reason why I chose to quote Rabbi Philipson at the service on Friday night was that in the congregation this past Shabbat, we were joined by Rabbi Sissy Koran, who is the current rabbi of the Rockdale Temple in Cincinnati, a successor to Rabbi David Philipson. And Rabbi Koran was my mentor during rabbinical school. Um, for several years, I got to work with her and learn from her, and through a happy coincidence, uh, her son has married into a family that is local to us here in Bergen County, and so she and her husband, Rabbi Matthew Krauss, and their children uh, were here in the sanctuary with their in-laws And so on the one hand, giving a sermon before my important teacher and mentor was a little nerve-wracking for me. And on the other hand, I couldn't resist adding a little bit of Cincinnati flair and flavor uh, to the sermon for Friday night. Jews love Thanksgiving. This is part of something that Jonathan Sarna, the great historian of American Judaism, calls the cult of synthesis and The cult of synthesis in American Jewish culture is the idea that not only is it possible to be 100% Jewish and 100% American at the same time, but in fact, that those things reinforce each other. That being a Jew makes you a better American in a way, or that by living in America and being a patriotic American, that that supports and enhances your practice of Judaism. And Sarna points out that with the 4th of July and Thanksgiving and Hanukkah and Passover, those four days, the 4th of July, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, and Passover, we have one day in the summer, the fall, the winter, and the spring that really reinforces and elevates this cult of synthesis. And so Thanksgiving for Sarna was a day in which really it's the nexus of Judaism and Americanness. And I think we can, we can feel that in that festival atmosphere, in the sense of ritual of sitting down around a Thanksgiving table. And then, of course, there's the idea of Thanksgiving itself, of gratitude. And it certainly would be fair to say that thanks, that gratitude, are a core Jewish value. I like to remind people that the name Judaism and Jews comes from the Hebrew word that means to give thanks. In Hebrew, we are Yehudim, a name that comes from Yehuda, Judah, one of the 12 tribes, one of the 12 sons of Jacob. And Yehuda's name is to give thanks. When Leah had that fourth son, which was a lot of sons, she says, Now I will give thanks, and so I will name him Yehuda. I give thanks to God. And we are the Yehudim, literally those who are thankful as Jews. When Jews wake up in the morning, our tradition tells us, even before we open up our eyes, when we are first aware that we are awake and that our souls have been returned to us, that we should say the words, Mode ani lefanecha, I give thanks to you, O God, for returning my soul. Or you may be familiar with the custom uh, that a Jew should say 100 blessings every day. I think it's always powerful to think of what that might look like, to find A hundred opportunities every single day to say Baruch Atah Aronai, Blessed are You, O God, or Thank You, God, for some aspect of our existence. A small tangent: that custom of saying one hundred blessings every day is maybe not quite as elevated uh, or as exceptional as it sounds at first. When you remember that if you are an Orthodox Jew who prays the statutory prayer service three times a day. You can get to 80 or 90 of those blessings just with your mandatory prayer services. And then to fill that extra 10 or 20, uh, you can say blessings before and after your meals and, and for snacks and for each time you use the bathroom. And it's, it's maybe not quite as difficult to get to 100 blessings as we uh, as Reformed Jews might imagine. But still, I think a, a beautiful, wonderful concept of what it means to be thankful. We could bring almost any number of examples of of nods to thankfulness and gratitude from our tradition think of pirkei avot where it says who is rich veizehu ashir one who is content with what they have right that idea of being being satisfied being grateful for what you have in every single prayer service there is a blessing the hodaah in the tefillah, the central section of the prayers hodaah is a blessing of thanksgiving and on Shabbat, when almost all of the other blessings are taken out of the tefillah, all of the prayers of asking, on Shabbat, even God gets to rest. So we don't ask for wisdom or wealth or sustenance or any of those things, but we still say our Hodaa, our prayer of thanksgiving. So there are all these ways in which the idea of taking a day, a festival day, and filling it with family and having it surround the idea of Thanksgiving feels resonant to us, feels deeply appropriate and deeply Jewish. So as I've said, there's so much about Thanksgiving that is comfortable and natural for us as American Jews. But there's one aspect of Thanksgiving that has not been as easy for American Jews, and here I'll turn back to Cincinnati. The American Israelite, that's the the Jewish newspaper of Cincinnati, in 1884, in an editorial, wrote this. We do not believe that it belongs to the constitutional function of the President of the United States to proclaim or ordain any feast or fast day, especially of a religious character. The problem that The American Israelite is pointing out is that, in some ways, Thanksgiving does work well with religion, maybe a little bit too well. They feel a First Amendment problem, a problem relating to the separation of church and state. American Jews are very cautious about the separation of church and state. It protects us as a minority religion. And so there is something a little bit uncomfortable about the proclamation of a day of thanksgiving, which is, after all, a day of thanksgiving to God. Or here's how one rabbi put it. In 1863, Rabbi David Einhorn, who was at the time a rabbi of a major congregation, Knesset Israel in Philadelphia, and the reason he was in Philadelphia was because he had already run for his life, been run out of Baltimore for siding with the abolitionists, So Rabbi David Einhorn, who was certainly a major supporter of Abraham Lincoln and the proclamation of Thanksgiving, gave a sermon in Philadelphia in November 1863 on that first Thanksgiving and said this, This day has been appointed by the President of the United States as a day of Thanksgiving to be observed by the loyal portion of the land for the manifold blessings that God has bestowed upon us during this terrible crisis of a civil war. And if we go back to the 19th century, I think we see that there is a lot more open and direct reference to God in the context of Thanksgiving. And those references to God made some of our Jewish predecessors uneasy. Now, I should say that that uneasiness with Thanksgiving has almost entirely disappeared. And if you think about it for a moment— I think the reason why is clear. It's because the connection between God and thanksgiving at all has really diminished or maybe even disappeared. But I'm not sure that that's entirely a positive development. Because along with that connection to God, the idea of giving thanks, I think, has really diminished, has maybe disappeared from the idea of thanksgiving. Instead of thanksgiving, I think what we often end up talking about or reflecting on at this season is thanks being. We talk about, I try to be a grateful person. Sometimes we hear about the attitude of gratitude. But I would suggest that gratitude, thanksgiving, is not an attitude, but instead an action. And the question that I want to raise is, Can we truly observe Thanksgiving? Can we truly be thankful without thanking someone or something beyond ourselves? Around Thanksgiving tables and in classrooms last week, I heard a lot of, What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? I didn't hear a lot of, Who or what are you thankful to? And this is certainly part of a larger trend in American life, in American society. It's We're individualistic. We're independent. We don't like to acknowledge powers outside of ourselves. And I'm not saying that Thanksgiving is completely gone. I think we are able to express thanks to people in our lives, especially to our, our loved ones, our family, and close friends. But what about God? If we go to that list of what are you grateful for, I think people are very comfortable saying, you know, the world around us so filled with beauty. Those are words from our prayer book. But for sunsets and for nature, uh, or I'm grateful for my health, or when we say that we're grateful for health. To whom are we grateful? To what are we grateful? And I know that this is a challenging area because each of us has such different conceptions of what God means, what a higher power is. But thanksgiving is a real opportunity for us because gratitude is intuitive to us. We understand that we should be grateful, that we should be thankful. And what I'm suggesting is that there's another level that's possible for us when we try to assign our thanks, assign our gratitude to an object, to a power that is greater than ourselves. I actually think there are two different Jewish values being mixed up when we talk about gratitude, about thanksgiving. In Jewish ethics, we have something called hakarat hatov. Hakkarat hatov means recognizing the good things in our lives, the blessings in our lives. And so we look around us and we say, yes health and nature and and good jobs and family and friends and talents all the things we enjoy we say those things are good and we recognize that our lives are filled with blessings and good things that's hakarat tov that is valuable and important in and of itself but it is not hodaah the other jewish value which means thanksgiving just recognizing the good in our lives gets us part of the way there, but not all the way there to hoda'a, which means thanksgiving. Hoda'a, I believe, requires that we express our gratitude, express our thanks to the one to whom we're grateful for whatever the blessing is that we are acknowledging. And sometimes that's a human being. There are plenty of people in our lives, institutions in our lives maybe, to whom we can express gratitude, But certainly, surely, many of the blessings in our lives come to us from powers beyond humanity, from God. And again, I am very aware how widely divergent the beliefs in a community like ours are about exactly what God is and means and does. But this is an opportunity for us to reflect on The existence of a higher power. We can reach out to that God. I think it's helpful to use the word God, actually. Maybe that's a discussion for another time. This is an opportunity for us to reach out to God with our gratitude. We can do that through prayer, either out loud with the words of the prayer book or, of course, always with the prayers and meditations of our hearts. But I think the key is to go beyond awareness. To go beyond saying, life is good and there are blessings in life, and to take that next step and say, there is a source of blessing, there is a source of goodness, and I express my thanks. I offer my thanks to that source. To me, that is an essential, powerful aspect of hodda'a, of thanksgiving. And whether or not that fits in entirely with our secular American conception of Thanksgiving, I think for us as American Jews, maybe this is where, coming back to Jonathan Sarna's idea of the cult of synthesis about Americanness and Judaism supporting and elevating each other, maybe this is an area in which Thanksgiving can give us an opportunity to refine or come into contact with our ideas about God. On Friday night, I related this to the Torah portion, Toldot, which mostly tells the story of the life of Isaac, the patriarch Isaac. And I pointed out that Isaac doesn't really give thanks for all the good things that happened to Isaac in last week's Torah portion. His wife, Rebecca, is infertile, and eventually she becomes pregnant, and he doesn't give thanks. And Rebecca gives birth to twins, and Isaac doesn't give thanks. Isaac is Rescued from a famine and rescued from the king of the Philistines and redigs the wells of his father Abraham, and all of these good things happen, but Isaac doesn't really express thanks to God. And in the end of last week's Torah portion, you have the drama between Jacob and Esau, where Jacob pretends to be Esau and Isaac blesses him by mistake. And then when Esau comes into Isaac's presence, they figure out that Jacob has carried off this scheme, Esau delivers what I believe is one of the most heartbreaking verses in the Torah and says, Father, have you but one blessing? And Isaac does find some small words with which to bless Esau, but Isaac truly doesn't have a lot of blessing in him. And one of the things we might say is that Isaac hasn't gotten enough practice. Blessing and thanking, right? Out loud or intentionally, or even perhaps in his heart. And it's not that Isaac doesn't believe in God. Isaac is having very regular interactions, direct interactions with God throughout this Torah portion, but he just doesn't seem to bring his gratitude to the point of expression. But that was. Now, last week's Torah portion, so now that I'm recording this, I can talk to you about this week's Torah portion, which doesn't talk about Isaac, but which takes up the story of his son, Jacob, and the perfect connection... With Jacob is the famous moment where Jacob is running for his life, heading out of the promised land to the east and stops and lays down in the wilderness with a stone for a pillow and has his famous dream of the ladder and angels going up and down the ladder. And God appears and delivers the covenantal promise that God will protect Jacob and bring him back to the land promised to his fathers. And Jacob wakes up and erects a pillar of stone and anoints it with oil. And says, Surely God was in this place, and I I did not know it. And of course, that place is called Beth El, and so those of you who belonged to the synagogue Beth El be, might be very familiar with this story. But we are all, all the time, a lot like Jacob it is hard to recognize god's presence in all of the blessings in all of the moments in our lives but there are moments and times and occasions that cause us to literally wake up to the understanding that god is all around us that god is responsible for goodness in our world and in our lives and then like jacob we might say achen yesh adonai ba makom haze surely God is in this place even when we do not know it. And I wonder, I wonder if Thanksgiving and our observance of Thanksgiving, and maybe we might even extend it to the specialness of this quote-unquote holiday season as we head from Thanksgiving towards Hanukkah, I wonder if this season of the year starting with Thanksgiving might not be an opportunity for us also to say, Achen Yesh Aronai, that God is in this place and for us to realize it in a way that we don't ordinarily from day to day. Kenya may this be God's will. I think that's everything that I wanted to share, and I'm sorry that it's coming to you a little bit after the Thanksgiving holiday, but I will try to figure out a way to always make sure that the recorder is on. As I learn more and more about being a, a one rabbi podcast operation. But I hope that everyone had a warm and lovely Thanksgiving um, and a little bit of a break, and that everyone is staying literally warm and safe with the weather that we're having this week. And I look forward to talking to you all again soon. Until next time, Shalom Uvracha, peace and blessings from Dorot.